I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in a, a podcast, podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. Got some sound effects in the background. We have uh, baby Carly. is the third P. She's joining us today. How are you today, Carly? Yeah. <laughs> she, before we're trying to get her to nap, and Dell's holding her, and oh, there she goes. And right before she goes to sleep, she lets out this battle cry that's like, I'm never going to sleep. You'll never put me down, coppers. And then, and she's, and she's usually asleep. So. But enough about Carly. Stephanie... Let's talk about us. How are we doing? How are you? Oh. It's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to Dell and to all the great dads out there. I yes. hope that you are enjoying your children. Enjoy your children. Enjoying your life as they're the ones that make you a father. Speaking of. All right. Well, I'm also doing really good. I'm doing very good. Today was very good. I know this comes out on Tuesday, but time of recording Father's Day. I just sat down to a nice big bowl of homemade poutine that Stephanie made. It's my favorite meal. Well, it's funny because uh, we neither of us can really eat dairy, and I didn't have any brown gravy, so it's like poutine-ish. And it's so, like dairy-free cheese, and it's dairy-free yeah. gravy. Well, great, it's brown gravy, but you made it with like a little special extra gravy. Well, I make a burnt milk gravy, but because we don't have dairy, it's made with almond milk and we don't have cheese so it's made with dia fake cheese but it's still really good i don't think most people know what burnt milk gravy is so it's the base is a i think it's a roux so you take it's a very fancy word equal for parts of butter and flour and then salt and pepper and then you burn the you take the butter melt it add in an equal amount of flour mm. burn that Ooh. Or not like totally burn it, but you get it really brown, and then you add in an equal pr- proportion of milk. It's smoky and delicious, and it makes you feel good inside. So it's like a tablespoon of butter, tablespoon of flour, tablespoon of milk, and then I do a teaspoon of salt and pepper. You know, we could probably do a cooking podcast. <laughs> probably. We do make a lot of good food. Well, because we have so many allergies and food stuff, we always have to learn how to cook everything. So there is, is nothing we haven't tried to learn how to cook. Doesn't this burnt milk gravy recipe, though, come from the old country? Yes. <laughs> so my grandma, Clumpson, taught me how to make it. And she bought me. There's a special whisk that you can. <laughs> a special whisk? <laughs> yeah. So we have that to make it, too. Wow. Anyway. That's incredible. Yep. That's incredible stuff. Right? Well, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful recipe. The secrets of the Clomston family live on through our podcast. If you'd like that recipe, please write to Stephanie <laughs> Belcher, Michigan, podcastland.com. USA. <laughs> USA, New York, New York, USA. So this is two peas in a podcast, but three peas in the studio. It's a relationship show from two people that like each other very, very much. The first part of the podcast is P's and Q's, where we're going to take a question from our pod squad and talk about it. The second part is the split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. I was going to say chat and talk, but it came out as chat. Chat about it. Chat about it. That sounds like a, I mean, I like that word. Sometimes new words need to be made. 
It's true. It's true. So speaking of uh, P's and Q's, let's uh, let's kick it off. Since it is that uh, the, since it is the season of fatherhood, I got a father-related question for us today. Oh, great! And remember, if you have a question for us, you can send it to us at contactppodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, check us out on all the Facebooks and all the podcatchers and places podcasts are sold and traded for free. I kind of like Carly in the back because this is the reality of being a parent. This is our life. I love her. It's great. Okay. All right. My father has been in and out of my life since I was young. Basically, non-existent for most of the time. My wife and I just had our first kid this year, and now my dad is calling and texting trying to get back into my life. When I think of the word dad, he really hasn't done anything to actually be that. He doesn't know me or my wife, and I really don't want to have anything to do with him. But now I'm feeling really guilty about telling him to stay away. What should I do about my absent father wanting to come back into my life? And do bad dads deserve to be in our lives? That's the question. That's a sad question. It's a very sad question. So I think I think we can put a very hopeful spin on it, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. So you want to take a crack at this one, Steph, first? I think Father's Day... It can be difficult for some people. Well, just like Mother's Day can because mm-hmm. there's a lot of good dads out there, but there's also a lot of dads that aren't great. Like they might stick around but not show up, not do anything, or they might leave, or mm-hmm. some people never know their dad, or some people just have a father who's passed away. Mm-hmm. So although there can be a lot of good, there's also a lot of pain. But this sounds like someone who has experienced more pain in relation to their father. Yeah. And Father's Day definitely seems to have gotten more complicated over the years as as uh, the traditional nuclear family is uh, less less than it used to be like back in the back in the good old days like family's just more of an open concept and i think that's can be good but then when we have these days like father's day you know you might be totally fine living your life without a father and then all of a sudden it's like hey remember and that's that's not awesome i think what makes this situation unique is there was a sentence that was my father has been trying mm-hmm. to get back in mm-hmm. and so there's a few people in your that you're going to have in your life that are always going to be a cornerstone of your life. Like your mom and dad are probably number one and two, and then mm-hmm. grandparents and other family members. So I think what's promising is if this person is trying, and if you feel like you want to give them a second chance, I think you could. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. I do. I I can't relate to this story specifically on a personal level. But anecdotally, I have had uh, specifically one friend who had some really bad situations with a parent. It was it was a mother, and they had to lay down some specific rules of like, okay, okay, if this is going to happen, we need to make sure this 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 and this happen, and these are kind of the boundaries. Well, I and, think that's my idea too. Sorry, keep going. No, 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 you're fine. I think the boundaries, and then. Whether or not this person deserves to have fathership of you, I don't. I don't know. It's hard to say. I would say that fatherhood, I, I think personally, is more of an earned title than an actual title, yeah. because I think being a father really involves a lot more than just donating some sperm to the to the cause. Um, I don't know. So there's that part first. But the fact that this person has been in and out and wants to come back and wants to try, I wouldn't, I'd say that unless there's like an abusive situation happening, I don't 
think that anything bad could come out of like trying once maybe some heartache i think my question too is i've heard a lot of stories my friends have different friends have dads who are in and out and in and out and in and out and it's a consistent pattern of coming and then going and if you have someone who has that pattern you have to decide how much of that you're okay with Mm -hmm. like if you're okay with their pattern and you're like you know what I know that you're going to be here for a season and then you're going to ditch us again because that's what you do. Like, if you can be okay with that, then I say let them back in. But if you're someone who you're not okay with that behavior and you don't want that example for your new child or in your life. Yeah, I think you got. I think you have two main... There's, a, there's always, like, multiple options. But I think two main ones is one is just straight up no. Just yeah. say, you know what? I don't, want to, de- I don't want to deal with it. No. The other one is just set your expectations really, really low. If you're like, you know what, we're going to try and you're going to take me fishing and to the to the soda stand and we're going to have a great dad son relationship with even with their grandkid now. And like, that's just not going to happen, man. So you got to set this bar very low and just be like, OK, like, let's try to introduce ourselves again to each other. Um, and if you feel that having that father figure in your life is important and maybe it hasn't been taken up by someone else in your life. It might be a good it might be good to try. I I agree and I think I like the idea of having low expectations, but I think you also need to put forth clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think of is this kind of sucks, but I feel like you're the parole officer and there's someone that just got out of prison mm-hmm. and now you have the opportunity to be like, "Okay, if you really want to be free, I expect this this and this." Like you have to stick around for three months before we will do yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, and like you can't just come back. Like we're not just hanging out alone. Mm-hmm. But then if they break those boundaries or run away, like you could say, you know, I'm not comfortable with you coming and going all the time. So this is the last time I'm going to allow this. If you leave, there will be no next time. Right. Yeah. I feel like it kind of flies in the face of a lot of culture. I see kind of a, a memed situation on online and in movies where it's like blood is thicker than water and family first and family 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 and i kind of always see it in terms of people who are like not great family members saying well family you know family and i'm just i love my family and they will always have a high place in my life but if if they choose to treat us poorly like it's like i said before it's not it's not something you just get well i think now that you have a kid, too, you want to think about what example you want to set. Right, right. And I think the example you probably want to set is you want to be someone that's forgiving because the fact is mm-hmm. you're a parent now, and in the future, you will mess up. And the example you're setting, if you never talk to them again, is like you can cut out your parents. However, like that, that can be a good and a bad thing because I think you could say you're cutting out a toxic person, which I don't think is bad to do. But then in the future, if you mess up and you have troubles, you've made it okay for your own kids to be like, Mm. I don't want to talk to them again. Yeah. And I don't know if that's something you want. So I guess the second layer of no or yes with low expectations is, um, is this person dangerous? Yeah. And if they're not, what if if this was flip-flopped and my kid was me? And like, what if you personally had messed up and wanted to come back? What would you want as that dad person? Maybe they're actually a super bad jerk and terrible, terrible, terrible person who's a thief 
and a well-known pinata stealer. Well, and that being said, if that person <laughs> is a pinata thief or just a like an abusive person, like sexually, emotionally, whatever, totally cut them out. Yep. Like, but and then I think you know, think of what you want to say to your kids. Like you say. I didn't cut them out because they're a parent and whatever. Like, I cut them out to keep us safe. Yeah. Like, really basic explanation. I think that's really... I think that's actually a super reasonable answer. Yeah. It's to keep us safe, not because, you know, I don't want to be forgiving or hold a grudge. So this gives you, question asker, a lot to think about, like, your personal safety, your emotional ability to, you know, the desire to want to have your dad back in your life or not. I don't think because they're your dad... They just, like, have some special past to do whatever. They're going to have to... I kind of think they're going to have to earn it. Like, you need to be gracious and have grace, but at some point, you have to meet in the middle. Um, And then, you know, think about the kind of example you want to set for your own family and your own kids. So, yeah, tough one. It's a tough one for sure. Well, and then I think the other thing that's helpful to remember is that I think not having a father who's a great father when you want one is painful. But I think the positive of everything is if you're a Christian and if you believe in God, you always have your heavenly father Mm -hmm. who loves you and created you and made you and loves you no matter what you do. Mm. And so although Father's Day might be painful because your own father is a human and has failed, like you still have your heavenly father who will always love you. And that's definitely something that we can all Celebrate! Yay! Well, and on, on, may I add an on top of that? By the way, I, I think I read that from a Joel Austin card. Whoa! Oh, just kidding. Whoa. No, I guess his own line of greeting cards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think on top of that is if you are feeling that father void in your life, I, I've had I have an awesome dad. I still have an awesome dad, but there have been people in my life who have played like a fatherly role on on top of what my oh, dad yeah, has provided. So even if you have a good dad, there are still men are usually fathers who have played sort of like a, a guiding role and i think that's really good too so if maybe you're feeling guilty that like maybe the guilt is i don't have a dad um i think maybe in some other ways you you do you do somewhere whether it be your heavenly father god situation um and then a person in your life that has helped guide you along the way when with the absence of another person in your life so i think we've got a lot of stuff to think about a lot of stuff to to hash out, but I think if you take our expert advice, we're not <laughs> then I think that you're going to be in the right direction. And I think you'll make the right call. You know what to do. You know in your heart. You do. You do. Well, that's P's and Q's, and I think we did a. I think we did a really great job. We have sixty three other P's and Q's lined up for pretty much anything you need to know. So if you have a question, go back through our old episodes, listen to them all. You know, we're going to solve all your problems. Because that's what we do here at P2P's in a podcast. Okay, Stephanie, since we've done with that part of the show, I think our the, our, our listeners have something very special in store for them. <gasps> do-do, do-do, do-do. The Split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. Torn from the headlines. So this is from Hidden Brain, which is a show on NPR, uh, hosted by Shankar Vedantam. Mm-hmm. I've, and- I've heard this guy yeah. Yeah. Good show. Great show. And so this is from a transcript of that show, which we'll share that you can, you could also listen to it if you want. It's 48 minutes long, so it's kind of heavy. But uh, the topic is called Guys, We Have a Problem. Uh oh. How American masculinity creates lonely men. 
Oh, this is this feels like a good topic for our episode today. Yeah, so wow. we're talking about men, 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 men. Did you ever watch uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights? Yes. Or men were men in tights, tight tights. Uh, so this Hidden Brain episode starts with the premise that there's many men in America that find themselves alone. Mm-hmm. And they're alone because they're trapped in a series of unspoken rules which have trapped them into this notion of masculinity that we place upon American men. Well, what are those rules? Well, I'm glad you asked. Oh, I gotta know. Am I in this trap? Because you've probably heard this. Like, men are supposed to be strong and independent. And if you hang out with other men, it's not because you have good friendships. It's because you're probably gay. <laughs> what? You, do you know what I mean? Like, if you see guys oh, yeah, hanging yeah. Okay. out. It's like if you're like, buddy, like too close. It's like, oh, you got some like, you're, you're, you're a gay. Yeah, which okay. is weird because it's like, that's kind of insulting. But at the same time, it's not because what's wrong with being gay? Uh-huh. Like, it's just this mental trap. However, when you see men and limit what you can do to their friendships that sucks so yeah you you, yes you're right so what if they're gay on top of that straight men can also have close emotional relationships can they i mean apparently according to this article no (laughs) or we're in a situation where that's not the case so we've talked about this study before but in the show, they mentioned the Harvard study of adult development. Mm. And this was a, like the 80-year-old study where they took a bunch of men that went to Harvard. Uh, Harvard should sponsor this show because we talk about that dang place more than anything else. <laughs> this is at least the fifth time. Uh-huh. Uh, so that study was a bunch of guys that went to Harvard and they studied them over the decades and they asked them a bunch of questions. Um, but one of the things that that study paid really close attention to from the start was the social and emotional lives of the people that were within the studies. And mm-hmm. so... Okay. Yeah, I guess I think you'd have to measure that, so... Yes. Yeah, cool. Okay. So the way that you measure stuff in a study is with a question. Oh. Oh, I, yes. I think I know. I Hopefully, 62 episodes and I know that by now. <laughs> so here's one of the ways they measured that, and this is the question. Who would you call in the middle of the night if you were sick or afraid? That is a weird question to ask a guy. Yes. Why? The, when you're afraid, we don't really talk to, with as a as a straight white man. We're not really asked a lot about like if we're afraid, unless we're watching like Saw or some scary movie, which has some like weird masculine overtones to it. Anyway, we're not really talk about fear very much. Yeah. So. So no one. You? I'd talk to you, maybe. Well, if you're afraid. Yeah, exactly. You'd talk to me. No, but I'm supposed to protect everyone and not be afraid, so I probably wouldn't tell anyone. And, and I feel like a lot of men, if you ask them that, like, if you're sick or you're afraid, you'd be like, uh, there would be a long pause. Yeah, even when you said it, I was like, uh, I don't know. So the study, you've probably heard us talk about it before if you listen to the show, but if you haven't listened to the show... That study found that men who had someone to turn to were happier with their lives and their marriages. And then there were also, the study found that um, there were a lot of connections between men's answers for that question and their physical health. So depending on how men answered that question, their physical health had, you know, 
and it had an impact on their physical health. I will say that as I've gotten older, one thing you've challenged me to is to have better guy friends and closer guy friends. And I didn't realize how I, I thought I've been, I've always thought I was a pretty like open and just like open book kind of guy, but I'm not. <laughs> and I, what I'm finding is that most guys aren't either. And so the level, the time it takes to get to the level of trust to where you start sharing these things with yeah. someone, like I, I have a good, I have a good friend that I've become close with. Uh, his name is Brad and it's taken like a year of being friends to get to a place where we can just like talk about basically whatever and that's that just seems like a long time because it just seems like you're not allowed to talk about these things I feel like men are really limited like they're made to feel like if you're talking about this stuff with another guy it's somehow wrong yeah it's very it's it's weird and even even myself who who, like I said I feel like I'm fairly you know not wrapped up in western masculinity uh, it's it even has affected me, and I just I recently realized that it's it's tough. But for people that have close connections and they have warm friendships, here are some of the positives of having close ties and good relationships. All right. Well, now that I have a good guy friend, I'm gonna live forever and be very healthy, right? Well, actually, <laughs> the, the first thing is, do you want to read it? It's the first one after it the says, dots. Found that. No. 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 Right, that breath, the dot starts with oh, an L. Dots lived longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So, men that had better connections lived longer. They developed uh, chronic diseases less soon. They had better health longer on average than people that didn't have close relationships. They also found that people with bad relationships had more physical pain. And then they found that. <laughs> yeah, there's this. Okay, so like, there's this old Bible verse, this song. Uh, I think it's in um, Proverbs, where it's like a broken spirit dries up the bones, and it's like a like a a metaphorical interpretation of this exact same thing of like being like a sad sack and just no friends. It like hurts your bones. It does. It's crazy. Like they found that when people had bad relationships, it was physically painful for them. Oh my goodness. And so one of the things that they also found, whoops, was that, sorry, I'm getting back to where I was on this part. Uh, The happiest people upon retirement were those who tried to replace their colleagues with new friends. Because once you retire, you know, you lose a bunch of relationships. You retire. You move to Florida. What do you do? Get in your little golf cart, drive to the nearest golf cart hangout, and meet your new buds. Join a golf cart old man gang. Go to McDonald's for some coffee. Those are the things you're going to have to do when you retire. So this is where uh, that show took a turn because what's happened in the last few years is kind of sad. So since 1999, overall since 1999, the suicide rate in the country has decreased. Okay. However, there was a really sharp increase in suicide rates among men starting in 1999 And so specifically for men ages 50 to 54, they saw an increase in the suicide rate of 50%. Why? Uh, Like, what has happened in the last... I mean, we've had some recessions, dot-com burst, 9-11's been really tough. I don't know if that has had much to do with it, but, like, it has been kind of hard for people in general. Well, and that's what researchers are concerned about because they found that there's increasing rates of loneliness 
And they do mention that more and more people are on their phones um, developing, you know, there's like depths of relationships. And so if you're on your phone, like you can have relationships on there, like you can text people and you can message them. But the relationships that tend to give you the most satisfaction are those that you have in person with people. Yes, yes, yes. So that's one of the issues. Um, They also found that men in heterosexual relationships tend to count on their wives to be their only provider of social connection. Yep. I, I've seen that where it's like the guys who are friends with other guys because the wives get together because of the soccer for their kids or something. And you're not necessarily a friend that I'd normally have on my own, but since our kids play sports together, we're friends now, I guess. Well, no, this is saying that like there's a lot of men and basically their only source for any emotion to talk to is their wife. Oh. That's it. Oh, that's even a smaller circle than I had mentioned. It's a circle of one. It's a dot. That must be very hard for wives. Thank you. To hold that load. Well, and, you know, the show went on to say that that places a, a lot of pressure on women because then women are just like, there's no no one person can ever hold up all of your emotional stuff. Yeah. I've I've said that to you before in the past, and I've kind of realized I've kind of walked it back a little bit of just like I just want you to be able to hear my shenanigans and just hear me, and like no one person can deal with every one person's full shenanigans, yeah. and uh, that's that's a lot of emotional stuff. And I you know we I think we in being married, we expect each other to be there for each other. Yes, but sometimes it's just nice to have for you to have someone else to talk to sometimes. And me for you to talk yes 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 yes. because women tend to already have relationships but men don't do not and you want we'll never know why because men don't talk about anything yeah it's a mystery (laughs) Uh, well actually so the show went on to say (laughs) oh no so they looked at 150 studies so a few that's a lot and they found that people with strong social relationships had a 50 percent lower mortality risk than those with weaker ties Okay, here's here's the thing. Do you know Alec Baldwin has a podcast called Here's the Thing? <gasps> really? I'd listen such to that. Such a great title. I love Alec Baldwin. Such a good title for a podcast. Here's the thing. I feel I am never I've never been a proponent of if you do A, you will get B because I feel like life varies and everyone is, has their own different sort of thing that just because you do something doesn't necessarily mean you'll get the certain outcome. However, looking at an 80 year long research and 150 and 150 studies when you say a to b a equals b that is very someone like myself who's very skeptical of do this you get that it's kind of shaking me up of like no this is like legit real stuff this is like as real as it gets and i think something that's becoming concerning is that it's becoming worse and worse over time because they're finding that like you when you look at boys you know who aren't men yet so younger kids of every single sexual orientation so gay straight whatever anything in the middle they really find themselves in what they're calling straight jackets where if there's something wrong they're not supposed to be emotionally accessible at all Mm -hmm. like if they are they're called overly emotional and like nagged and told that they're horrible people. So every single kind of boy basically has all of their emotions shut down and shoved down their throat. And it's crazy that it's getting worse because if you talk to people, you kind of expect that it's gotten better and more open and emotional. Yeah, but no. it, 
it, like there's this perception that it has been, but people are just becoming more closed off. And that's that's just a crazy this is crazy. That's really sad. Well, and I think one of the reasons that people think it's gotten better is because there's been something that's come out called bromance. Mm-hmm. So in Hollywood there's a lot of new bromance movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like The Hangover. I guess there's that one. There's other ones too, right? Most well, there's like okay, so re- there's this new movie that's coming out called Tag, which oh, is yes. about these four guys that had a game of tag that went on for like thirty years or whatever, and it's based on this true story. It's a fairly romantic situation. Four very close guy friends who keep up this game forever. But the thing something that's inherently wrong with bromances if you start analyzing them is that the relationships involve super what the show said is supercharged testosterone mm-hmm. and not intimacy mm-hmm. so in the case of tag the relationship evolves around gaming and com- in being competitive and like kind of some physical violence really because it doesn't <laughs> seem like a nice little like haha you're it mm-hmm and then the hangover, I mean, the title of the movie is like, we got trashed. It's based on the concept of being bros and dudes and getting like, you know, effed up. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much No, that's it. like literally, it's a funny movie. So people think that it's gotten better for men. It's like, wow, more relationships with men. It's like, yeah, that's true. But all the relationships that they're talking about involve getting wasted or having like these games that are going on like there's not a lot of shows where it's just two guys on a couch talking about their feelings it's about like over awesomeing your last experience yeah yeah and if i were to say like what a, how about an idea for a show is these two guys that are just really good friends that talk about their marriages yeah like you laugh <laughs> you know what I yeah mean? i'm like that would be super boring but, but would it but would it because we're a show we're a podcast mm-hmm basically talking about our feelings but when you make it a me like your guy friend somehow it's i will start another guy friend show and we'll talk about our feelings how does that sound i'm feeling it i'm feeling it i gotta find somebody to do that with because the last point i'll say that they talked about on that show was the biggest limitation for men is that it's only acceptable to talk about and express your emotions in a romantic relationship And that just creates more strain on your marriages or romantic relationships and then limits like your emotions and then creates you, creates men that are lonely and the suicide rate is going up. We have to fix this. Yes. I feel like it's an easy fix. Yes. The the fix would be get some friends and talk to them. (laughs) But this is not rocket science. Get some friends and talk to them. It's not. It's not. And even I, as a child, shot off rockets, model rockets. It's not that hard. You put a little thing in the thing, you get your wadding, and you press the button and send that little Can button. we never use the word wadding again? <laughs> it's called wadding. I had a model rocket, and it had a, a payload where you could put stuff in it. And it was clear if you could see it. So I found this, like, super huge, like, dead grasshopper that I put in there. And it was great. But, yeah, even then, 10-year-old Dell could uh, put a model rocket. So it's not that hard. So in the end, the problem is men are lonely because they're not allowed to have emotional relationships with other men. And as a result, they're lonely. Suicide rates are going up. It's a problem. And it's easily fixable by allowing men to have more friends. You could buy that Chuck Norris weight machine or a Bowflex or a shake weight. Or you could just have some friends that you talk to and you'll just be healthier and live longer. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, it's kind of stupid. It is kind of stupid. It's so interesting to me because, I mean, this is outside of the bounds of Lat Show, but like we always say masculinity is like men are tough. Men are so brave. Men can do anything. But then that notion of masculinity, like fragile masculinity, is so easily shattered by the dumbest things. Like if I were to just say, oh, you're gay, somehow that cracks everything. Well, and I've heard people say that I've heard people down on the concept of toxic masculinity of that. Well, masculinity is, is being toxic, then it's bad to be. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Like, masculinity is fine, but the but when it gets bad and toxic and, like, so into yourself and so afraid of expression, that's when it gets toxic and bad. Well, then a lot of the current notions of masculinity, sorry, are just kind of dumb to me. I'm like, <laughs> wow, let's go, like, shoot and kill stuff and drink beer. I'm like, yeah, that's why there's more men in prison, more di- men die of chronic diseases, your insurance rates are higher because you have stupid, risky behavior, you have no friends, so you're dying alone. I'm like, yeah, this notion of masculinity that we've constructed in our culture is literally killing you. But if you want to hold on to it, like, fine. But Steph, I love smashing empty beer cans on oh. my forehead. <laughs> I just see it and I'm like, I'm like, okay, great, do it, fine. <laughs> well, that Stephanie was a thrilling article. I feel really great about. Happy it. Father's Day. <laughs> well, to celebrate the rest of Father's Day, I'm gonna find my closest guy friends and we're gonna go talk. Yeah, you should. All right, you might just save a life. Oh wow, that was a deep cut. <laughs> that was a deep cut. Well, I guess it just gives me an excuse to go play Magic the Gathering and Disc Golf more often. You should. It's awesome. All right. Well, look at that. Happy Father's Day to me. I get to go hang out with my good friends as long as we talk about our relationships and our emotions, which... Mind you, I do have some friends that I can do that with. So you do. You have you have good guy I'll friends. I'll just live forever, and you'll never get rid of me. Look what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never. I would be really okay with that. You'll never inherit my vast wealth. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a vast wealth at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Folks, thanks for joining us today on Two Pieces of the Podcast. That was some heavy stuff. But thank you for sticking through because I think together we all live in uh, one big pea pod. And I think that makes the world better. The more pea pods there are out there, the better. So keep listening. Share with your friends. Like Stephanie said, this episode could literally save a life. And I know I might say that jokingly, but at the same time. I mean, it could. It could. Like, this is really deep stuff. If you are a guy... um. Or you find yourself more masculine in your identity, like find some good friends and talk to them. Super important. Um, you need it. They need it. The world needs it, literally. So go out there and uh, make that friendship stuff happen. All right. So if you want to, uh, please, please give us a cool rating and review on iTunes. It super helps out the show. Five stars would be amazing. And remember, you can catch us. If you haven't listened to our other 62 episodes, you can check us out on pretty much any podcatcher situation there is out there. Google Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. We are out for your ears in all of the areas of the internet. That was kind of alliteration. It's pretty good. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook.com slash group slash Podcast. We're on Twitter at Podcast, And you can send us your questions, comments, um, letters of admiration at contactppodcast at gmail.com. So, Stephanie, 
Do you have anything else for our friends here today? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other very, very, very much. much.